0: So, we're starting this brand new series called Good Gifts today. It's going to last for four weeks. And let me just let you know a little bit of where we're going. Two things I want to let you know of. First of all, on December the 23rd, that's Christmas Eve Eve, that's a Monday, we're going to have our annual Christmas Eve Eve worship experience. You're going to hear more about it in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have invite cards for you. And this is my encouragement to you if you've got friends or family members who won't come to church, who are unchurched, who don't love church, who could care less about coming to church, this is a time of year when they would consider coming to church. Christmas and Easter statistically are proven to be great opportunities to invite people. So we want to encourage you leading up to the 23rd. That's a Monday. So Sunday we'll have our normal worship experience, 1030, Sunday the 22nd, and then the 23rd at 7 o'clock in the evening. We're going to have a big shindig. You don't want to miss it. And Make sure you invite all your friends. Um, And secondly... Being that we're in a series called Good Gifts, uh, one of the things that we try to do as a church during the Christmas season is to be generous, overly generous, sacrificially generous, above and beyond what we typically do. Um, In the past, we have supported some families in need who potentially couldn't uh, offer Christmas Uh, in the way a lot of American families enjoy Christmas to each other. This year, uh, we're going to try to do something a little bit bigger. And so we're going to finalize this week, actually, in staff meeting what that looks like. And so next week, uh, we're going to come to you and let you know exactly what our goal is uh, to be generous, overly generous this Christmas season. Uh, But I want to go ahead and let you know that on the 22nd, The Sunday before our big shindig is we're going to have a special offering. So we'll receive our normal tithes and offerings just so you can plan ahead. I know some of you are planners and you want to allocate all of your budget dollars for Christmas. And I just want to let you know ahead of time that you can set some of those aside to be generous to our community. And we'll let you know exactly where that's going to go. Uh, So Good Gifts is a series that really uh, started for me as I was researching the last series that's what he said when we were looking at words of Jesus and I came across some words of Jesus that just really stuck out at me Uh, and I saw him in a light that I'd never seen him before in a light that uh, kind of rang true for Christmas and so before we jump into that passage uh, let me just ask you how many of you love receiving good gifts anybody like getting good gifts okay awesome anybody love getting bad gifts some of you twisted enough to say, I do, because it gives me some leverage throughout the rest of the year just to hold something over their head, how they owe me something. Um, how many of you enjoy giving good gifts more than receiving good gifts? Like when you saw the kids saying, Nintendo 64 blew his mind, you are like, I want to be the person that gave that gift. I don't care to be like going crazy because I received it. I want to see someone that I give a gift to react like that. That would be a goal of mine. Um, no one wants to give bad gifts. If you do, there's probably something just wrong with you, but we've all probably given bad gifts. I know I have learned some lessons on gift giving throughout the years. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at this passage and then we're gonna go to another famous passage and kind of tie in some components, some genetics of gift giving. And hopefully this Christmas season we'll understand the importance of giving gifts and the joy that can come from giving good gifts. Uh, And uh, really the, the concept of giving uh, for what it is, for what it is, uh, not to impress people, uh, not to get anything in return, not to uh, have people in our lives simply be happy or not simply to meet a need, but uh, the heart of being generous And the heart of giving out of what we've been blessed with and seeing other people impacted by something that we're able to offer uh, is something that brings great joy both to the receiver and to the giver. You know, Jesus said, uh, as recorded in Acts, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And a lot of us, maybe we haven't understood that because we like getting stuff. I know I like getting stuff. And Christmas, that's one of my favorite parts of Christmas is when I get to open gifts. Uh, But somehow... Our hope through these four weeks is that we'll understand the importance of giving good gifts and the joy. That comes from it, so let 's look at this passage of scripture, Matthew chapter number seven verse eleven uh, i 'm going to ask us as a church to memorize this verse of scripture uh, to go home, maybe write it on a note card, post it on a mirror, a sticky note, uh, whatever it takes for you to memorize it. a very simple passage of scripture. This is what it says It says, "If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts?" To those who ask him. This is Jesus speaking at the end of what's come to be known as the Sermon on the Mount when he taught crowds and multitudes of people, along with his disciples, uh, the things of God and what it meant to follow him. And he makes this statement If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts. And I think gen- Jesus here is being pretty generous. I think some people may not have learned how to give good gifts. But he says, If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts. How much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So we're going to look over the next four weeks at some different aspects and components of giving good gifts and receiving good gifts and how God gave the greatest gift of all that we can celebrate this Christmas season. Uh, Now gift giving is tricky and I want to let you know up front that I'm not giving you a formula to make a spouse happy. I'm not giving you a formula, a set of rules to make your kids the happiest people on the planet. My goal is not to give you instructions on how to give good gifts, though I think that there is some learning that we can do together as we're going to delve into this today. But really, my goal is for us to understand really the genetics of gift giving, and that's where we're going to go today, to understand like the DNA, uh, the different components, the things that good gifts are made up of. Uh, you know, gift giving is, uh, is something that, especially in our culture here in America, Uh, has become less and less about giving and receiving generous gifts and more and more about a stress and a pressure and uh, a circumstantial outlook that causes us just to be all tense throughout the Christmas season. We try to think of the perfect gifts and we want to make the people that we're giving gifts to happy uh, but there's all kind of rules. I mean, if you're dating someone, especially if you're a student and you're young, um, there's kind of the ambiguity because you haven't had the conversation and you don't know if they're going to spend a lot of money on a gift for you. You don't know how serious you are yet. And so you're thinking, you know, we're not that serious. And you're going to end up giving a gift. And, and your boyfriend or girlfriend's going to give you something really nice that you're going to be like, holy cow, like they sacrificed. They gave me a really good gift and I didn't give them anything. This is bad. And you're going to try to figure out how in the world you can redeem yourself and how you can come up with a way to make giving gifts more attractive to people. Some of you are going to give gifts this Christmas season that you could care less to give. You're going to have family members that you're going to give gifts to because they're going to give gifts to you. Anybody ever done that? And you're like, well, they're going to give gifts to us. And so we've got to give gifts to them. And you know, it might not be in the best interest of your checkbook to give gifts to everyone who gives gifts to you, but there's that pressure to bring the equality of gift giving into our circles. And we want to make sure that We're not outgiven and we want to make sure that we don't outgive and we want to make sure that we're kind of balanced there and what that looks like. And we want to make sure that we give gifts that people need, but sometimes people don't want what they need. So we want to give gifts that people want, but sometimes people want things that uh, are stupid. And we try to figure out like, do we give them things that they want, even though we know that they're never going to use it? Or do we give them something they need, even though they wouldn't want it? At this time, but we know that it's something good for them. There's all these kind of things that go through our heads when we think about gifts. And some people plan way ahead; they're very thoughtful. When the person they love, the person they're close to, mentions something like, "Man, I really wish that I had something like this," they're taking notes. And so when it's Christmas time, like they know what the person they're buying for needs because they've been listening and paying attention. And then there are those of us uh, who aren't so organized. And it gets time to give gifts and we feel the pressure of trying to remember conversations. I know she said something. I know he said something that they needed, that they wanted. What's something... And we want to give gifts that they aren't expecting. We want to exceed expectations because we feel like if we give gifts that are expected, then it's not really a good gift. It's an expected gift. But if we can ever exceed expectations and bring a surprise and give something that someone would have never thought we would have given them, then there's a pride that goes with that, that we gave a good gift. In fact, I think in a lot of families, there's competition when it comes to gift giving and I think at the end of the day, there's this unspoken pressure to give better gifts than the other people in our friend, in our families or in our circle of friends because we want to be able to say that we gave the best gift. I mean, you even go to company parties and there's white elephant gift exchanges and there's like $5 limits and you're the one that spends like $22 on a $5 limit because you want people to fight for your gift. You want to give the good gift and it's just crazy. People are going to put gifts on a credit card this Christmas and they're going to be paying for it this time next year. They're going to carry a balance because they feel that if they can just give someone something to make them happy, then somehow it will affect their relationship. It'll make them feel closer. It'll make them feel more loved. And so many times we get gift giving a little backwards and we allow the pressure of giving gifts to dictate how we give gifts and who we give gifts to and what gifts we give instead of giving for the right reasons, out of a heart that wants to be generous and a heart that wants to bless people. You know, sometimes you've heard it said that it's the thought that counts more than the gift itself. Some of you are married to the person that would tell you that's not true, (laughs) that they want something that they want, and it doesn't matter how much you thought about it. If it's a stupid gift in their eyes, you messed up. And so there's all this pressure that goes with With giving gifts and and where do we start and how do we begin. I've been part of Christmases where literally a living room is full of gifts. And I had a brother and so there were like limits and there were rules and so if my brother had x number of gifts and I had to have x number of gifts but if my brother had one gift that costs a lot more than the others then he got a lot of socks and underwear while I got a lot of like mediocre spending gifts because the balance of the gifts had to be intact. And there's just, there's just a lot that goes in, into gift giving. I've also been part of Christmases where there hasn't been a lot of gifts given. And I can say that those have been some of the fondest Christmases that I can remember. Because it's not the gift that you give that makes or breaks your Christmas. It's the heart that goes behind giving gifts. The generosity that we love one another that we give out of this heart of compassion and love for one another that makes gift-giving so much fun. And it makes it such a great tradition. We take it to extremes, but the truth is, gift-giving started with Christ. It started with a God in heaven that loved the world enough to be generous and to give something that would make a difference In our lives forever. And so I love this time of year. I love this season. Some of you, uh, you don't love this season. And you're like around the 23rd or the 24th. You kind of get into the mood. But up until then, it's just traffic. And it's people with bad attitudes. Screaming in malls and at store clerks. And you could just care less about it. Some of you hate Christmas music. and Some of you have been playing Christmas music for a month already. And your spouse, your kids, you've been driving them nuts. And so we all bring our own perspective to Christmas Into this tradition of gift-giving. But I want to look today at four components of gift-giving that hopefully we can understand the importance and practical uh, aspects of of giving good gifts. Um, Here's what I want to do. I want to give you four components of of gift-giving. And then we're going to look at a, a very famous, familiar passage of Scripture. And we're going to see how these four components were given to us by God, and then I'm gonna challenge us at the end of our time together. Four components of gifts. Number one, there's the motivation of a gift that you give. Okay? When you give a gift, there's more than just a person opening a package, there's more than just someone getting something. There's, there's a motivation in your heart, in your mind, to give something, and sometimes the motivation for giving be more important than the gift that's given would you agree with that would you agree that if someone feels pressure to give someone a gift simply because they feel they're going to give them a gift and the only reason they're giving them a gift is because it's expected of them and they don't really care to give a gift then that doesn't mean as much as someone who gives a gift that was unexpected and put a lot of thought and heart into it you'd agree with that right You'd agree that someone who gives a gift because it gives them leverage to get something in return isn't as good a gift as someone who gives with a pure motive and a pure heart just out of generosity, just out of love, that just out of wants to be a blessing to someone gives a gift. And so the motivation by which we give gifts is as important as the actual gift that we give. And there's all kinds of motivations for giving. We've all given for various reasons. But the reason that we give I believe is as important as what we give the second component of giving is the composition of the gift, so whereas the motivation of the gift causes us to ask, why am I giving this gift The composition of the gift asks the honest question, What am I giving like what is it that i 'm giving to someone is it Is it an electronic device is it is it a uh, is it a toy is it something that 's going to Help them have fun? Is it it something that uh, they need? Is it something that they've been asking for? What is it that we give? It's the substance. It's the actual gift itself. It's the composition of the gift. And then thirdly, there's the intention of the gift. And this is when we ask, what should the gift accomplish? Okay, so we give for a reason, and we know what we give, but what do we expect to be accomplished in giving the gift? Okay, so sometimes the intention of giving a gift is to meet a need. And you might say to someone, listen, I know that you want X, but you got holes in all your socks. And so I'm giving you something you need. And I'm wanting to meet a need. I'm wanting to supply something for you that I know you need. Because if I do, then if I meet that need, then I know that your quality of life will be better because you'll have a need met. And sometimes the intention intention of giving gifts is simply to meet a want. We hear someone say they want something that... Nothing is needed. It's not something that's going to improve the quality of their life, but it's just something that they would enjoy. And you love just seeing your kids happy. You love seeing a spouse happy. And you hope to accomplish putting a smile on someone's face. There's nothing wrong with that intention. But at the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves, what are we hoping to accomplish by giving this gift? Is this going to change something in a relationship? Is this going to encourage someone? Is this going to meet a need? Are we giving a gift... In spite, and we're hoping to make someone mad because we gave them something when they didn't give us something. And we all had the conversation where we said we weren't going to give each other something, but you gave me something and I didn't give you something because I thought that conversation was real and I thought you really meant it, but apparently you didn't really mean it. And that was code for you wanted me to do something you told me not to do so that you would really know that I loved you. But I'm really confused because I thought that we were talking about our budget and our finances and we sat down and said we just didn't have the money this year and so we weren't going to spend money. And here you went and spent money and it looks like you spent a lot of money when we talked about spending no money and you. You're mad at me for not spending any money when that's what I thought we were supposed to be doing. And it's just confusing. <laughs> we end the, the gift giving thing like, I didn't accomplish anything that I wanted to accomplish when we sat down. And we failed to think through what we hoped to accomplish in giving a gift. Are we giving someone something that's going to be a vice in their life? Are we giving someone something that's going to be a distraction to things that are most important in life? Are we giving someone something that's going to benefit their life and make their life more convenient and make their life easier and more productive? There's lots of intentions in giving gifts that I think people fail to think through. And that could be one of the most important aspects of giving a gift. And then lastly, uh, there's the reaction to the gift. So this is out of your hands. You've given a gift. You know what motivation caused you to give the gift. And you know what you gave. And you know what you hope to accomplish through the intentions of the gift. But now it's in their hands. And you sit back and say, I've given you something. Now, how are you going to react? Like, what am I hoping that you will do in response to something I've given you? And we would all say that we hope that that it would be something that would put a smile on someone's face. You know, I love seeing this kid just saying, yes, yes. I mean, that would just be a highlight of my life as a parent to see a kid react that way to a gift that I've given. I would remember that forever. But how do we expect, and we never sometimes don't think through how people are going to react when gifts are given. Uh, One of my, uh, I guess my favorite memories of Christmas Definitely not a positive memory, but one of my favorite memories was at my grandparents' house. They lived just outside of Atlanta, and we would always go on Christmas Day, and uh, my grandparents would give all of the grandkids gifts. Uh, Since then, they give us money, and you'll see why shortly. But on this one particular Christmas... Uh, they decided to get us jackets. Now, the way my grandparents gave gifts to my understanding, if, if this is incorrect, my mom will tell me so afterwards, but the way I understand it is they would ask the parents, what would this grandkid, what would your son, what type of jacket would they like, what, you know, what are they into, would you help me pick this out so that I can give them a gift that they'll enjoy? And I remember I opened a gift and it was a jacket. And I liked the jacket. And I went ahead and put the jacket on. I was like, this is awesome. I needed a jacket. I got a new jacket. This is great. My brother, he opened it. It's a jacket. And he liked his jacket. He put it on. This is awesome. Love my jacket. This is great. And then my cousin Darren tears into his box. And he gets this like aviator jacket that's got the fuzzy collar I don't know if you remember those. I don't know if you remember those. Maybe they were, they were in where he was at. They weren't in where I was at. And when he opened it and pulled this jacket out, I was like, oh, glad you got that one and not me. (laughs) And you know, we've all received bad gifts. Some of us are, we're courteous bad gift receivers. Like we just bite our tongue and we wait till out of the presence of the person who gave it to us. And then we, maybe we go off and say, you know, how dare they? That was the worst gift ever. Uh, But not daring. Darren just says, what is this? This is the ugliest jacket I've ever seen. Why would you get me this? What in God's name makes you think I would like this? And I mean, he just got off and stormed out of the room and threw the coat down. And it was one of those just awkward Christmas family moments where I was like, did that just happen? Like he, (laughs) he just said that, like that came out of his mouth. Like he could have just taken it out and gone and exchanged it and they would have never known. But no, he kind of ruined Christmas. It just stuck with me. It was, it was a bad reaction, a terrible reaction to a gift. And when we give gifts, we have to understand that there's going to be a reaction to the gift. And sometimes we give gifts not thinking through how someone's going to react to the gift. And in our mind, it's a good gift. In our mind, it's something we would want. But for the person who receives it, it's not a good gift. It's not something... That they would want. I mean, think for instance, if you're into computers and you like to you like to take computers apart and you like to expand the memory and put different graphics cards in and you like to improve it and you like to fiddle with things and improve things and make things better. And then think about like a friend, a brother, sister who's not into computers. They just they don't care for computers. Maybe they're into sports and they want like balls and shoes and sporting tickets to events and that kind of thing, and you're like, you know, this would be the best graphics card in the world. I would love to have this graphics card, so I'm going to give this graphics card to this person who cares nothing about computers, and they open it, and they're like, well, what is this? And you're like, what do you mean, what is that? It's like the best, that's the cutting edge, man. It's the best thing that'll change your life, and they're like, does anybody want this? Like, it means nothing to them because sometimes we think the reaction of the person that we're giving to will be based on our desires and the things that we want in life, which just isn't true. I think I've told this story last year of my freshman year in college. I grew up in Toccoa, Georgia. Uh, I grew up um, with... Uh, I'll say I grew up playing sports with lots of brothers. And... Um, I wasn't much into the redneck thing, but when I went to college, I became roommates with a guy who called himself a country boy. He wasn't a redneck, and he explained the difference. I can't tell you what the difference is, but there is one, apparently. And he was a country boy, and he wore cowboy boots, and after a semester of living with Luke LePrade I started thinking, I want some cowboy boots. Never wanted cowboy boots in my life, but I told my parents, that's what I want. I want cowboy boots. That's what I want for Christmas. They weren't going to give me cowboy boots. Like, why do you want cowboy boots? You don't have pants that go with cowboy boots. Like, you don't wear cowboy boots. You'll never wear them. And I was like, please, it's all I want for Christmas. I want cowboy boots. And my parents, being the great gift givers that they are, got me like a $200 pair of cowboy boots. They were lizard skin. I put those cowboy boots on, and I went back to my dorm room. I came clunking down the hall. I opened the door and walked in. I was up about two inches taller than normal. I just kind of walked around Luke like, yeah, you just got those brown leather ones, but I got lizard skin. And he's like, dude, those are the ugliest boots I've ever seen. What is that? I was like, what do you mean, what is this? This is genuine lizard skin. This is high-class boots. And he's like, Dude, I wouldn't wear that anywhere. That's going to get scuffed up. You're going to damage those things. You just take some, some, some good old leather boots. And I never wore them again after that. Because something that I thought I wanted, I didn't want. I didn't need. It was just a fad. It was just something that was coming and going. It was something that I asked for because I thought I wanted something that someone else had. But when I got it, it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. And so sometimes people can give a gift based on what we say we want. And the reaction that we get after getting the gift isn't what we thought it would be and it doesn't satisfy us like we thought it would satisfy us and then the gift that was given with genuine motives to give us a reaction that's necessary ends up being a wasted gift and wasted money and wasted resources and wasted effort when we could have given better gifts. Now, the master of all gift givers is God. Okay, I love the Christmas season. Because this is the season of the year where we can highlight and focus on and cause our attention to be drawn towards the greatest event in the history of the world. When God in heaven gave his son Jesus to us. In fact, one of the most commonly quoted scriptures in all the Bible is John 3.16. I want to put that on the screen. And I want us to look at the four components that we just talked about through this scripture. We're going to look at the motivation for the gift, the composition of the gift, the intention of the gift, and the reaction to the gift for the greatest gift that's ever given. If we being evil men know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who ask him? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Greatest gift ever given. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What was the motivation of this gift? Why did God give his son Jesus to a world that didn't deserve him, to a world that was corrupt, to a world that was evil, to a world that was broken, to a world that was damaged, to the world that in a lot of ways, had turned their back on God and had no intention at all of honoring God with their lives, yet God loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his gift. The motivation for God giving his son Jesus to this world is love. I think it's the greatest motivator of any gift that we could ever give is the motivation of love. That God didn't Give a gift based on something that we earned. And he didn't base giving a gift on something that we deserved. How many of you have elf on the shelves? Anybody here have elf on the shelf, She's got young kids? We have elf on the shelf. And we tell our son Landon, who is every bit a four-year-old. Your elf is watching. If you're a bad boy, he's gonna go back and tell Santa. If you're a bad boy, he's going to go tell Santa You're not going to get gifts this year. And we try to use the leverage of gift giving to somehow correct some behavior in his life. But the truth is, if the gifts that we gave him were based on what he deserved, in this season that we're in right now, there wouldn't be a lot of gifts for him. There would be a lot of punishments. There would be a lot of taking gifts from him just like all of us who have done stupid things and make bad decisions, who don't deserve anything from God, who haven't earned anything from God. And if we were giving what we deserve, it wouldn't be a good gift. But God loved us. He so loved us. And it doesn't matter how bad my son Lyndon is, I'm going to give him gifts because I love him. And God looked down from heaven and he saw people who didn't deserve a gift and hadn't earned a gift. But he saw a group of people that he had compassion on and that he loved. And his heart went out to and he longed for a relationship with them. And in spite of the bad choices in the past that didn't honor him and the decisions that they were currently making that caused them to be far from him, he saw a group of people that he loved loved. And based on that love alone, he gave a gift. The greatest motivator that we have to give to people is love. Yet so many people give with wrong motives. They give out of obligation. God wasn't obligated to give to us. They give out of guilt because something was given to them and they forgot And so they go and get something to give because they feel guilty if they don't. God had no reason to feel guilty to give us anything. In fact, we as a people, as a human race, had embraced for the most part a lifestyle that caused us to be far from God. But the love that he had for us, this immeasurable love, this, this uncomprehensible love, This love that we can't explain, this love that we'll never fully grasp, this unconditional love that says, I don't care what you do, what you have done, what you will do, I love you regardless of your past, I love you regardless of your future, I love you regardless of where you are right now, enough to give you, to be generous to you, to bless you with something that's going to change your life, a good gift. Motivation for God giving his son Jesus why we celebrate Christmas all over the world is a motivation of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His one and only son. His prized possession, his closest friend, his closest loved one, his cherished relationship his one and only Son He gave to us. There'll be lots of re-gifting this Christmas season. There'll be lots of giving of gifts that people have received in the past that they might, may not care for, that they're going to pass along to someone else who may not care for them, who eventually will pass them on to others who not care for them. As if giving leftover Gifts, as if giving gifts that don't mean much to us would be good gifts to other people. We could take a room like this and we could do an experiment. We could say, I want you to find something that you own, something in your possession, something that belongs to you. It's yours. You have claim to it. You have rights to it. It's absolutely yours. And I want you to find one thing that's yours. And I want you to bring it and we're going to exchange gifts. Or we're going to give it to someone else, something of yours. And there would be some people in this room who would bring something that they own, that belongs to them, but they don't care much for. They don't use very much. They would, they would find something that's not important to them, and they would bring it and give it away because they're not losing anything in giving something that's not valuable to them. But there would be a few people in this room. There would be a few people in any room like this that would say, you know what, I want to give something that's going to mean something to someone. And there would be people in this room that would find something that's valuable to them, something that means something to them, something that they cherish, something that is endearing to them. And they would take that and they would give it to someone else in hopes that it would do for them or uh, create uh, a joy for them that it's created for you. And the heart behind that gift would mean so much more than those of us who would give something unimportant. And what we need to understand about Jesus' gift, God's gift to mankind, is that he didn't give us any kind of leftovers. He gave us his best. He gave us his very best. He gave us his prized possession of anything that he could have given us that could have impacted our lives. If anything that he could have given us that would have made a difference in who we are, he could have given us money. And a lot of us would think that's what we would want in life. He could have made everyone on the earth earth, filthy rich. He could have given us toys and things that would have made life so much more fun. He could have given us freedom from things like work and things that we don't enjoy. And we would think on a surface level that those would have been good gifts, but he gave us something that was so much better than anything we could have received. He gave us his very best. He gave us his one and only son. This is important. Because God's love is a love that loves you in spite of what you do. And the gift that he gives you is one that you don't deserve. He gave us his very best, his one and only son. Most of us couldn't imagine giving something so cherished as a loved one, as a child. To someone that would bless them but cause us to be in pain at what they have to go through. But he loved us enough that he gave his one and only son. And then there's the intention of the gift. I am want to skip to the last part of this verse where it says, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, so what does this gift accomplish that God gave us? He gives us the opportunity not to perish, not to reap the Not to reap what we deserve in this life. Not to pay the price for the bad decisions that we've made. For the sins that we've committed. For the evil that's in our hearts. But he gives us an opportunity to be freed from the guilt and the shame and the pain and the consequences of a life that's far from him. That we could live eternally with him in heaven forever. And we won't perish. He won't send us to hell, ultimately. That the outcome at the end of the day of our life is that we will be with God in heaven forever. That's what he hoped to accomplish in giving this gift. He loved us. He gave us his very best. And what he hoped to accomplish was to free us from the condemnation of the lives that we were entangled in and the sin that we were in bondage to And everything that had a grip on us that kept us from being in a relationship with God, he he came to free us from that. That we may live with him eternally in heaven and enjoy the benefits of never perishing. We may die physically, but we'll never die spiritually. That's what he hoped to accomplish. And then lastly, the reaction to the gift, something that's out of the hands of the giver. It's a gift that's, that's given and then once the gift is given, the recipient of the gift does with the gift what they want and they react in different ways to potentially the same gift that's given. And here's the hope for God for each of us and the greatest gift that's ever been given that whoever believes in him, that's the reaction that God wants. He wants us to believe in him for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life he who believes in him you know it's it's possible to give a gift to someone that they don't accept it's possible to give a good gift to someone that they don't accept It's possible for people to reject a gift for various reasons. I personally have had people give me things that based on what they gave me because of my place in life, I just felt like if I accepted the gift that they were giving, that it would just be wrong of me to do so. Have you ever felt that way? Has anyone ever given you something? You're just like, I I can't take that. I just can't do it. Thank you so much. That's completely generous. There's no way you should have even thought of that. But... I can't in good conscience accept that gift because if I accept that gift, then I would feel indebted to you. I would feel like I owed you something. I would feel like there's something that will be hanging over me for the rest of my life that I don't want to be put in that position. And as generous as that is, I just I can't accept it. You know, that's, that's how some people react to the greatest gift that's ever been given. When God loved the world enough to give his son... That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And there's some people who choose not to believe in him. Who for various reasons fail to see the impact that the gift could have on their life. Or perhaps they feel like they're not good enough to accept that gift. Perhaps they feel like they've done nothing to earn the gift. And the truth is that would be 100% accurate. Then there are those of us who just say, this is a good gift. and I know I don't deserve it, and I know I haven't earned it, but I'm going to receive this gift, and I'm going to accept this gift because of what it will do for my life. And there, there are those of us in this room who have been offered money from people in times when we needed money, and we just said, I just can't accept it. I just, I just can't do it. I just wouldn't feel right accepting that. And there are those of us in this room who have rejected earthly gifts from, from men and women, from family members, from friends who have tried to do something for us in a time of need that we just didn't feel right accepting, and perhaps there's some people here today who have done the same thing with the, the gift that God has given us. Truth is, is God loves you. You, me, individually, personally, in spite of your past, in spite of your present, in spite of any decision that you will ever make in the future. And you may feel like the least worthy person in this room to accept such an extravagant gift from the creator of the universe. Who would look around and say, there are so, so many people in this room who are so much better than me as a person. Who would deserve that gift so much more than me. Who have earned that gift in a lot of ways. But me, I'm just... I'm just a failure of a person. I'm just someone who doesn't deserve this at all. And there's just something that's inside of me that just says, I can't accept this. It's just too much. It's just not for me. I just, I don't understand how you could give that. There must be some reason you're giving this to me because it's not me that deserves it. And you're wanting something in return. There's some different motivation here for this. But yes, you, yes, me. God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He created you with a purpose. You're not an accident here on this earth. And the past that you have, he knew that you would have that past before you ever had that past. And he still loved you enough to send his son Jesus to this earth. His one and only, his prized possession, his greatest asset in all of creation, he gave to you so that you don't have to perish, so that you can have eternal life, so that you don't have to pay the prices for the bad things that you've done for your past. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I just wanted to say, to some of us here today who may have never accepted the free gift of Jesus Christ that God sent because he loved you. That there's a gift waiting. That if your life were a tree, there would be a gift there and the gift's not going anywhere. The only way the gift's going to go somewhere is if you take it and do something with it. But the gift's there. It's always available. And God's greatest desire is that you would react in a way that would place your belief in him, that would place your faith in him, that would embrace the gift that he's given. Like me, there are many of you, you've given gifts before that you put a lot of thought into, you put a lot of energy into, you put a lot of resources into, you put a lot of planning into, you put a lot of yourself into. And when you gave this gift that just came from the bottom of your heart, Perhaps it wasn't received in such a way. And you felt like you needed to explain the gift, but do you know how much time I put into that gift? Do like, you know how much that cost? I don't know if you know how much it cost, but I need to tell you how much that cost. Because if I tell you how much it costs, maybe you'll appreciate the gift better. You know, you know how much time I spent on that gift? Do you know, you, you know how hard it was for me to get that? Do you know what lines I stood in for hours and hours with people that were like acting crazy? Just so you could have that gift. I don't think you understand this gift. This isn't just some thing. This is like me. I'm giving you part of me. And you need to appreciate this. And God just wants you, like his greatest desire is that you would just accept the gift. That you would just receive the gift personally. Not that you would just believe that there's a gift available, but that you would personally say yes to the gift. That Yes, I, I want this I receive this. I accept this. I understand that God loves me. I understand that he has a plan for my life. I understand that he gave his very best for me. And I understand that he's done that so that I can have a relationship with him. So that I can live eternally with a great God and a great heaven. And all I have to do to receive it is to believe in him. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And so my question for you today, just in this opening week of good gifts, is the greatest gift that's ever been given was given for you, it was given for me, it was given for all of us, individually, personally. Have you, individually, personally, have you accepted that gift? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Have you embraced, accepted, received that gift? and allowed it to do what it was intended to do in your life. You may be here today and you may say, you know what, I just I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time believing that God could love me because you don't know me, you know, perfect preacher, if that's what you think about me. You, You don't know me and you don't know my past and you don't know the things that I think about and you don't know the things that I do and you don't know where I've come from and you don't know where I'm planning to go when I leave this place today, and you don't know what I'm planning to do when I leave this place today. God couldn't love me. I just want you to know that he does. There's a gift. It's called salvation. It's a way for you to be freed from the penalty and the power of the sin that's in your life. 1 Corinthians says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things pass away And all things become new. And today, there's a fresh start for you. There's a gift that can literally change your life, that can change eternity for you, that can make you someone that you're not and can do for you what you could never do for yourself. And it's as simple as receiving and accepting the gift that's available to you and believing in him. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We bow your head with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for the incredible gift that you've given us. Thank you for the love that you extend to us and the generosity of giving us your very best, that you didn't give us a leftover gift and you didn't re-gift something that you didn't think was useful or practical or important to you, but you gave us your one and only son. And you gave him to live on this earth for 30 years and then start a ministry for, 30, for three more years and he did incredible things and had a great following. And ultimately, you called him to give his life, to lay down his life, to die for me and for everyone who hears my voice today. The greatest gift ever. There's nothing we've done to earn it. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. But it's available to each of us today. I pray right now that you would speak to the hearts of men and women, students who are hearing my voice, who may have not accepted or received this gift. and cause them to understand and feel the embrace of a loving God, that there is hope available to them today in this moment, in this place, to accept a gift that could change their life forever. And I pray today that you would radically transform lives and bring hope to hopeless lives and bring a new beginning.